Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. First word for this episode is ambassador. A-M-B-A-S-S-A-D-O-R. This is a noun from the 14th century. One, an official envoy, especially a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or sovereign as the resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. (gasps) Whoa, that was a lot of words. Hopefully that was clear to you. 2A, an authorized representative or messenger. 2B, an unofficial representative, as in traveling abroad as ambassadors of goodwill. Ambassadorial is an adjective, and ambassadorship is a noun. Next we have ambassador at large. Three words with hyphens in between them. This is a noun from 1820. A minister of the highest rank not accredited to a particular foreign government or sovereign. Next is ambassadress. A-M-B-A-S-S-A-D-R-E-S-S. I'm guessing this is the female version of an ambassador and probably not a word that we use ever anymore. This is a noun from 1594. One, a woman who is an ambassador. Two, the wife of an ambassador. Next we have amber. I think that's how it's pronounced. I wanted to say ambeer because it's spelled A-M-B-E-E-R. This is a noun from 1848. It's chiefly uh, Southern and Southern Midland. And we have the synonym tobacco juice. I might have to look this up later because I am super fascinated as to what uh, tobacco juice is. My imagination can go wild, but I I need some clarification on that. Uh, The etymology says this is probably an alternative of the word amber, A-M-B-E-R, uh, because of its color, which I'm guessing is very dark. Tobacco juice seems like it's probably, uh, when, when somebody's chewing tobacco, it's probably what they spit out. Uh, it just sounds gross because that is not a juice. That is not something that anybody would want to drink, but that's probably what it is. Next, we have the word amber. First form of it, this is a noun from the 14th century. One, a hard yellowish to brownish translucent fossil resin that takes a fine polish and is used chiefly in making ornamental objects as beads. Two, a variable color averaging a dark orange yellow. And if you are a fan of Jurassic Park, you should be relatively aware of amber because I believe that is what the uh, sap of a tree turns into um, as it becomes fossilized, I guess. Uh, And of course, in Jurassic Park, the insects, like the mosquitoes with dino blood in them, were stuck in the amber, and they were able to extract the blood and make dinosaurs. But I think science these days in the real world has pretty much said that's impossible. Now we have the second form of amber. This is an adjective from the 15th century. One, consisting of amber. Two, resembling amber, especially having the color amber. Now we have amber alert. Two separate words, both with capital A's. This is a noun from 1977. No, 1997. A widely publicized bulletin 
that alerts the public to a recently abducted or missing child. Definitely not something the, that you want to get. The etymology says this is from the U.S. Justice Department Amber Alert Program that issues such bulletins originally from Amber Hagerman, uh, who died in 1996, a U.S. victim of an abduction later read as an acronym for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. As depressing and sad as this is, um, I think it's pretty cool that they actually named it after an actual person, Amber. Uh, So that's a pretty amazing way for her memory to live on. I'm assuming Amber is a girl's name. And then they were able to figure out a way to turn it into an acronym, America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. Kind of a weird one, but I guess it works. Next, we have Amber Gris or Amber Grease, A-M-B-E-R-G-R-I-S. This is a noun from the 15th century. A waxy substance found floating in or on the shores of tropical waters believed to originate in the intestines of the sperm whale and used in perfumery as a fixative. I don't really understand how or why people decide to take things in the natural world and put them in perfumes or foods or whatever it is. Uh, There are way too many examples of this. Uh, Why would somebody, I mean, did somebody just stick their nose into it and it smelled good? What what is it that uh, is used in perfumery? Does it actually smell good or did they realize it was used or it could be used for some other purpose in perfumes. And who was the first one who did this? I, I have a very similar question to a lot of other things. What, uh, what interesting person decided to try this for the first time? The etymology says this is from Middle French, uh, ombre, that's probably not said right, uh, plus grease, G-R-I-S, which means gray, And there's more at the word grizzle. Next, we have amberina, A-M-B-E-R-I-N-A. This is a noun from 1885, a late 19th century American clear glassware of a graduated color that shades from ruby to amber. Next is amberjack, all one word. This is a noun from 1873, any of several Karangid fishes, especially a large, vigorous sport fish of the Western Atlantic. Karangid, uh, it might be pronounced incorrectly, it is spelled C-A-R-A-N-G-I-D. Their genus is Cereola, with a capital S. And the uh, other large, vigorous sport fish is S. dumerilli. Um, I'm guessing the S is Cereola. Next, we have the prefix ambi, A-M-B-I. It just means both, as in ambivalence. The etymology says this is uh, Latin ambi or amb, which means both, from Greek ampho, which means both, amphi means around, and there's more at the word by, B-Y. Ambidexterity is our next word. A-M-B-I-D-E-X-T-E-R-I-T-Y. I feel like I'm a cheerleader saying a bunch of letters to have you yell them out or something. This is a noun from 1593, 
the quality or state of being ambidextrous. I'm actually not really trying that hard, but I'm interested uh, in trying to write more and do more with my right side. I'm actually left-handed. Uh, most things I do are on the left side, but I feel like I want to become a little bit more ambidextrous, which is our next word. Uh, I want to be more comfortable with my right hand, uh, drawing, writing, whatever it is. I think it would um, think it would benefit me. There's probably some mental brain effects uh, by being more evenly matched that way. Uh, I have no uh, proof of that, but I sort of feel that that's probably the case. So if I can strengthen my right side to and feel more comfortable doing things with my right side, um, maybe that'll sort of even my brain out. Also, it's just, I think, useful to be, you know, equally good on both sides of things. And here we have ambidextrous. This is an adjective from 1646. One, using both hands with equal ease. Two, unusually skillful. Synonym is versatile. Three, characterized by duplicity. Synonym is double dealing. Ambidextrously is an adverb. The etymology says this is from Latin, combining ambi plus dexter, D-E-X-T-E-R, which means right hand, and there's more at the word dexter. I think it's interesting that they used the Latin word for right hand in this word. Uh, I wonder, I mean, obviously most people are right-handed, so maybe they thought that that would apply to most people. Uh, But, you know, if it's about being equally good at left and right, I'm thinking that maybe they could have gotten both the words for left and right in there. Uh, And what's interesting, I'm not sure if I remember this 100% accurately, but... um, I think the word, the Latin word for left, is actually sinister or sinestra, something along those lines, which is interesting because we get the uh, English word sinister from that. And they always thought, you know, back in the day, they thought that uh, people who were left handed were evil and not right, which is why they uh, tried to, you know, get them to switch to their right hand, which is probably still going on to this day in some parts of the world, I'm sure. So as a, as a left-handed person, I just always thought that that was interesting. Um, and now that I realize that ambidextrous comes from the word right hand, uh, which I didn't realize, uh, I find it even more interesting. Next, we have ambience or ambiance, A-M-B-I-E-N-C-E or A-M-B-I-A-N-C-E. This is a noun from 1815 a feeling or mood associated with a particular place, person, or thing. Synonym is atmosphere. Next, we have the word ambient, A-M-B-I-E-N-T, first form. This is an adjective from 1596, existing or present on all sides. Synonym is encompassing. Etymology says this is from Latin, ambire, which means to go around. That is from uh, combining ambi plus ire, which means to go. That's one of the first words you learn in Latin, actually, ire. And there's more at the word issue, I-S-S-U-E. Now we have the second form of ambient. This is a noun from 1624. One, an encompassing atmosphere. Synonym is environment. Two, 
music intended to serve as an unobtrusive accompaniment to other activities, as in a public place, and characterized especially by quiet and repetitive instrumental melodies. Now we have our last word for this episode. It is ambiguity. A-M-B-I-G-U-I-T-Y. This is a noun from the 15th century. 1A. The quality or state of being ambiguous, especially in meaning. Ooh, I do not like it when things and people are ambiguous. I want things to be clear and concise. Maybe not necessarily concise, but clear. That actually reminds me of uh, another podcast I'm listening to. Alan Alda has a podcast called Clear and Vivid. And at the end of the episode, he says, this has been clear and vivid. At least I hope so. And I I just thought that that was a a nice little joke in there. Um, And it always is clear and vivid uh, to my ears. So yes, clear and vivid. Uh, that, that, That podcast is all about communication and empathy. Um, and so being ambiguous is not, um, not great for communication, but being clear and vivid is. All right, we're almost there. 1B, an ambiguous word or expression. And 2, we have the synonym uncertainty. That will end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is the day after Independence Day here in America. I hope that you are uh, recovering well. You probably have to go back to work or back to school if you're a student. But uh, today is also a Friday, so uh, you're almost to the weekend, and I hope you go enjoy it. And until next time, which for you is tomorrow, uh, this is Spencer reading the dictionary. We will be starting at the top of page 39 the next time. All right, thank you and goodbye.